Quote A. A game is a system in which players engage in an artificial conflict, defined by rules, that results in a quantifiable outcome. Definition by Katie Salin and Eric Zimmerman. Quote B. Can we create a form of digital entertainment that explicitly rejects the structure of games? What is an interactive work of art that does not rely on competition, goals, rewards, winning or losing? From the NotGames.org website. Quote C. This isn't a game, it's a screensaver. Steam user review on David O'Reilly's Mountain. Hello, Eric. Hello. Do you think Mountain is a screensaver? <laughs> uh, I haven't played Mountain. You did not play Mountain? No. You should play it. It's only $1. Yeah. Sorry, I, I, I've just been working so hard. I haven't really played a lot of games. Yeah, that's a fair excuse. Um, so today I want to talk to you about not games. Yes. Uh, yay. Yay. So... What's the story? What's what's not games? What's, what's going on? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, it was kind of uh, Michael Simon from Tale of Tales who started using that word, and when he started talking about that word, using it, and kind of making some kind of organization around the idea of not games, I got very excited and kind of joined in then. I wrote some on their forum and so on. So I, I must say I was a bit involved in the beginning. Like then I think it all kind of died out a little, but still kept going without me. So I was I am not very active with those discussions anymore. But there was a lot of good discussions on the not games forum for a while so that's kind of my story with with that movement so to speak so what would you say is like what kind of relevant discussion did appear from that or like what did you sort of um take away from that from that time uh, well i mean there are several aspects to it uh, one important thing is like things were pretty different back then it was after all, like four, five years ago, something like that. Um, so, I mean, a lot of the games that have come the last few years, like Proteus and uh, uh, Help Me Out, <laughs> well, lots of kind of not gamey games. I should open Steam or something to be able to. I looked at Steam today, actually. Um, I, I didn't have many. I didn't have that many uh, not games in my account. No. But I would say maybe um, maybe Depression Quest falls into this category. Let me see. Well, Dear Esther, of course. So where do you draw the line of like does is it enough if if someone says, "Oh, this is not a game?" Like like you know, someone <laughs> with entitlement issues is is that the definition of not games like <laughs> if someone didn't. Someone didn't like it. Someone didn't like it. it. Wasn't Halo? Does it make sense to draw like a line, or did you say like, okay, this is not really a game, but it's you know, it's this is more like a form of art or something? Part of the movement came out of 
uh, like how ridiculous it is to say that something is not a game. Mm. Like kind of a weird thing to say after all. But what I find interesting, like usually um, people say it's not a game. These statements are usually made by people who are not game designers or have sort of worked in games in any way. Often the argument is this game is different than everything else I've played before, so it's not a game because you know games have to follow this specific um, pattern. Mm. Um, and that's one reason why I, I was um, playing the. Uh, I wanted to play the definition by Katie Sale and Eric Sermon of games because because here we have actually like a definition by someone who actually knows what they're talking about. Sure. So we could use that uh, and maybe see if it applies to could you use the definition by Salen and Zimmerman on let's say Blueberry Garden or or um, a game by Tale of Tales and would it classify as a game even though it sort of has the idea of not games that's a good question I I kind of want to go like just a little bit but I think hmm. Uh, what did you ask here? My question is, um, so there's this idea of not games. You can use not games to make something and you don't have to worry about if it's a game or not. You don't have to um, justify yourself anymore to like people who want gamey things. Like you, you can just mm. say, okay, I don't care if you don't like this or I don't care if you don't, don't think this is a game because, you know, this is not what's important about it. Right, but it obviously not games. They are sort of located within the game space, right? So let's say if you make Blueberry Garden, and you sp let's assume you specifically said, okay, this is not the game. You know, it's still on Steam, and it's still in the IGF. So there's a specific expectation about what it should be. Okay, I, I think I see what you mean. But there are two different things, kind of like the the, the definition by Katie Salon and Eric Zimmerman, I would say that's, uh, that's the kind of definition that tries to explain what a game is. If you want to understand like board games and shoot em ups and uh, strategy games and like all the kinds of games you play in that sense, like mm -hmm. that's the kind of definition you, you, they are after there. but. Uh, not games is more interested in kind of video games to start mm -hmm. with. Of course, maybe you could argue argue that there are not board games or something, but I think what people are interested in usually with not games is the aspects of video games that are interesting, like the simulation of a world and like three D worlds and that you can move around in these simulated worlds and so mm -hmm. on. So they kind of come at it from that angle. So they, they're not that concerned of being a game in like the board game sense. Mm -hmm. It's almost like it's, it's a shame that the word video game is used from like the not game perspective. Like it would be better to call it 
video play thing. That would make people a lot less confused about. Okay, with like video toy? Yeah, something like that. Okay. But now the words are like they are, and there is no reason really to change them. But now when we discuss these things, we you can do a lot of uh, tricks with the words, with the word game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can see that the word game is in these definitions of what a game is, and then you can see that the word game is in the word video game, and then you can start to confuse them. Uh, and then you can be, become really confused. I mean, if you, if you just look at a video game from uh, the, pers- like the technical perspective, you have like a screen and you have speakers and you show stuff on mm-hmm. screen. Like if you just think about it from that direction, that, then there is nothing game-like about that. Mm-hmm. Right? If, if you approach video games from that perspective, you, you kind of automatically start at what you could call a not game and then you might make it more into a game by adding rules, kind of in the same way that you could make a social situation more into a game by adding rules or something. Well, what I find interesting, uh, looking at the definition by Salen and Zimmerman and um, the quote from the Not Games website is that they are not using the same words. The definition uses the words artificial conflict, define by rules, uh, and there needs to be a quantifiable outcome. Um, mm. and, and it's a system, like a game is a system, some kind of system. And mm. then not games is about bringing up the question, can you do interactive art or an interactive work of art that does not rely on competition, goals, rewards, winning or losing? But if you look at competition, goals, rewards, winning and losing are actually not in the game definition. So I guess my the point I'm driving at is that I think the academic definition of games is actually broad enough to include not games but the public mm. perception of games like your average steam user has a very narrow definition of games right so that is more about uh, who you're talking to yeah that might be true um, but the not games definition is come is more of a manifesto kind of thing also like kind of subverting what we know and like trying to undermine uh, or something like to kind of destroy what's already there uh, in a way that artists always have done with like mm-hmm. art. A lot of modern artists just kind of trying to do what you are not allowed to do and to play with the ideas that have come up before and do the opposite and so on. This definition, I mean, it's a lot of inversion in not games, like it's not a game and uh, can we create something that's not these things and like uh, how can we turn everything upside down? That's a very different definition than the the the, mm-hmm. the first one that's more about defining what something mm-hmm. is something existing and trying to find some way to describe it mm-hmm. Th- that's much more of a history uh, kind of this definition while 
not games is a futuristic definition about the future what or a question what can we do mm -hmm. in the future and I, what I wanted to say in the beginning is also like I think that a lot of what not games set out to do mm -hmm. has happened a lot of those questions have been asked the last few years and people have started experimenting with those things even more so in that way, I, I, I'm starting to feel like these questions are becoming more and more silly because they have been answered. Like it's uh, it's not such advanced thinking. Right, but to go back to, I think it was Mountain where it, where Mountain got like really positive critical acclaim, but then there's so many mm. people who hate it, like so many you know gamers who hate it. Where you can see like a divide between um, some people, sort of thinking about how to progress the medium, maybe, and then mm. another group of people who fight really hard to keep video games uh, in a certain way to not let new ideas come in. Right. Mm. I I see what you mean. It's not like a one battle but uh, yeah. to me it's I can't even relate to a person who is fighting that fight like it's it's so weird <laughs> and I, I, I I'm sure everyone in like game design feels the same way like why would anyone ever criticize anyone for trying new things it's the weirdest but I mean like thing. we're studying games and working in games I've heard this term so many times. Oh, it's not even a game. Like when I released yeah. Understanding Games, there was like, uh, I released it on Congregate and people could comment on it. And it had um, achievements on Congregate. And there were some people like saying, oh, this was the easiest achievement ever. Thank you so much for giving me this like free badge for just pressing space all the time. <laughs> And like being serious about it, and like you know, they were they were happy that they got this extrinsic reward for sort of sitting through this mm. thing I made, um, and then yeah. of course saying, "Oh, this is not really a game, but thanks for the achievement." Not not everyone who thinks, "Oh, it's not a game," are going to like fight it like some people do, but I think many people who might just miss out on like certain experiences by you know by having these expectations. It needs to have a score. It needs to have... Sure. But I, I also feel like, for example, Gone Home and uh, Dear Esther and those kinds of experiences, like really nice 3D experiences, like with very little game elements, they seem to have reached a broad audience and they feel like Except, uh, I totally agree with um, Dear Esther. It feels like Dear Esther has is sort of like a Trojan horse, where you make mm -hmm. they made like this cave that just looks really good, especially if you, when he wants to yeah. go inside the caves, and which sort of, which I think drew in a lot of people. Uh, some of my friends they they always tell me about like the newest game and how it supports like the newest graphics card, and they think it's super exciting. Um, and they mm -hmm. can talk about the graphics for like an hour. Just talk about the graphics so that, you know, 
that's the only thing they talk about and which is interesting i think the Esther, because it had so high like uh, production values for like a like of a better word was really it used like graphics and audio to make you forget that that there's no gameplay in quotes right like the experience is so um you get like so much sucked in into the experience right I mean, many people talk about immersion. It's really important in games. Like, this always more like a immersion is like a, um, you know, like the classical example what you could strive for in in three D games. Um, so yeah. I think many people played the Esther and liked it because they got so immersed in it, even though there was very little to do except walking around. Um, and sort of like unfolding the story. They didn't miss that you couldn't shoot, right? And I think that's interesting mm. because they sort of framed it in like in a really smart way, like how to present this game to like this audience of gamers and make them forget that they're not really playing a game, like, you know, like not at least mm-hmm. a game what they would expect the game is. Well, but I'm sure people knew that it was a different kind of experience when they started playing. But, but I think also that because they used the Source engine, it kind of really felt like a Source game. You know, if you played like Half-Life 2 or like Portal, it really felt that like you're playing something similar in a way. Like, I think this made um, people like more comfortable trying something new. They didn't have to get rid of their expectations when it came to graphics. No. So, whereas maybe a game like Depression Quest, you have to completely forget your expectations and to get something out of it. And if you do, then you can get a lot out of it. But you sort of have to completely ignore what you know about video games, right? Or you have to get over the um, impulse to say, oh, this is just like a choose-your-own-adventure book, right? Because it isn't. But it's easy to fall into that, like play for five minutes and they say, oh, this is just like... You know, like these, yeah, choose your own adventure. And this is not worth my time, even though it yeah. very well could be if you sort of reevaluated your expectations of what a video game needs to be. Depression Quest is especially interesting that I think it's um, a game that is free. You can play it for free, and people got even more entitled to say, oh, this is not a game, this is not worth my time. It might be different if you maybe spend money on something and you felt you got something different than you expected. You could argue that, oh, like, you know, I lost my investment. But in this case, it was completely free. So you didn't, you didn't lose anything if you didn't like it, right? Well, I think that's a classic thing. Everything that makes it feel a bit cheaper or, I mean, being free makes it feel cheaper makes people even more likely to trash talk it, which, which is really sad, but that's, uh, that's a mm-hmm. common thing, I think, on the internet and with games, especially. Like, just by seeing that something is a flash game, maybe you mm-hmm. criticize it more or something. Uh, yeah, kind of depressing. Um, it's hard for me to to really know what to think about this because I, I've been kind of 
living in uh, in my bubble, thinking that uh, everything is working out fine. But now, when these like hateful people last few days did sorry and everything, and that seems really depressing. And like I, I thought we were kind of on the way to solving this, like that people were starting to accept that games could be just experiences right. and like that would be accepted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so maybe I'm a bit uh, behind on this actually. I'm, I'm living under a rock currently, so yeah. that makes sense. But that's uh, annoying because I, I really felt like, yeah, for example, Tale of Tales had really taken battle and like, I mean, they had these hateful people on their blog uh, five years ago, or probably before that, and they had to kind of close down their comments because mm-hmm. people were just so mad at them for not making normal right. games and so on. And they they really did a lot to f- to fight for this. Like, that uh, mm-hmm. games was one of the things. And then when, uh, like last year, it really felt like, for example, Gone Home, which I played and thought it was brilliant actually. I, I really felt like this is it now mm-hmm. people are gonna get this. Like how, how can you not like this? Or like even if you don't like the story or something, you can criticize this criticize it on in a way that it's like, yeah this could have been really nice but uh, like I didn't mm-hmm. like the plot or something like you could talk more about it in the same way you would do with a book or a movie, but it, you could still really tell that this is a good way mm-hmm. to do these things in a lot of ways. Of course, not perfect. Of course, there's lots more to do, but it, it really felt like uh, it didn't um, kind of excuse uh, itself for how it, like its form. It just did mm-hmm. what it did. And like it, it didn't try to be difficult in any way. It's just this right. new kind of entertainment. But uh, I guess things are not as happy as I. Yeah, thought. I mean this this week was pretty like both depressing and infuriating and scary and. Um, yeah. The dangerous thing about these. Uh, attacks when it comes to um, depression quest there's harassment sexist like really gross harassment going on and then people's accounts have been gotten hacked some uh, really bad criminal behavior basically someone disagreeing like someone doesn't like your game or doesn't like you and they decide to break into your house and take all your stuff right uh, that's the level we are at right now. Like you, you make something, especially if you're yeah. a woman or like non uh, or like non-white or queer or whatever. Like if you're not fitting inside the norm, I mean, then there's like an even higher risk you get a target. Or if you're like an outspoken feminist. And what I seen this week is like there are a bunch of people got like attacked through Skype and Dropbox and denial of service attacks and stuff like that. 
um, and it got really quiet because for one thing, people were busy like updating their passwords and enabling two-factor authentication and, and stuff like that. But also, I think people were mm-hmm. quiet because they were scared to get to be the next target. Yeah. Well, I mean, some people... I mean, there was this hashtag, of course. So we love games. The hashtag, I think, that was probably a really good way of trying to do something about this horrible situation and not become a target because it's sort of diverging. Mm. It felt like like once once every mid to high profile developer who sort of spoke out against harassment, online harassment got the target. Um, it felt like, I think Adam Sessler described it as like there's a war going on on indie developers, right? And then the reaction to that was... Mm people gave in their support not to sort of speak out about the attacks and the harassment, but instead try to like turn it into something positive, tell the other developers in what ways um, their creations have sort of made their lives better, right? Which is a great thing. Um, So I think that's a great sort of counter movement, Mm. but I'm kind of scared that um, there is so little people say stay safe and then they turn quiet because they're scared of being hacked by some, I don't know, 14-year-old. I mean, the only advantage the hackers have is that they don't have, like, a moral compass to stop what they are doing. There's nothing artistic. Like, you don't need to be, like, technically very smart to do these attacks. You just need to be, like, ruthless enough to actually do these attacks. That was that was worrying me. Um, it's been worrying on a lot of levels. Like... I feel like it plays into a more general thing. Like for me, it's very hard to understand who these people are, but they feel like part of this big group of people on the internet that hate a lot of things, and they probably hate other groups of people in other spaces on the internet too like maybe they bully girls in their class or something on Facebook or similar things like yeah I mean we, we talk about this as a problem with games and maybe that's how it is but I also feel like it's just like games have become such a mainstream thing that this is that's also a mainstream problem. You don't want the the internal people be the ones that you can hear and everyone else is quiet because they're afraid. The We Love Games hashtag, I mean, certainly achieved that by sort of flooding all the negativity. I think that really helped people who got um, who actually got attacked. I hope so. Well, I, 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 I agree. And I think we really, as a community, ought to really try to work on this a lot, of course. It's it's interesting to think about, like, maybe if we had been more outspoken on these issues before, it would have happened earlier. That's one interesting aspect. Like, maybe the some people get, like, get, get to become too much of a target because everyone else is not doing anything. Uh, so, so few games are about... Uh, depression or gender issues or yeah. 
uh, racism or things like that. So that when you do something like that, you kind of really put yourself uh, in the spotlight for these, uh, I guess, young people. Uh, that's what I'm imagining. Yeah, I, I mean, people yeah, young at heart, are. maybe. Like young in um, in character. Uh, I don't think they are all like physically young. I mean, this could be any age. I think this kind of behavior, like this kind of entitlement. Yeah. Well, I mean, it is an interesting thing to think about. Though, like, do do we get this audience because of the games we make? Like. If we made more mature games, would we have a more mature audience? That wouldn't put us in this trouble. Yeah, I mean, sure. Obviously, I mean, it's reinforcing. One one thing I would say is that, like we have been making, or it's weird to use the word we, but a lot of big game developers have been making, like, been doing things to kind of well, they've been kind of uh, supportive of the these ideas or these people with these ideas. I feel like if you have these sexist ideas and uh, you're, you're that kind of person, the games are often a place where you can have all of these fantasies and ideas confirmed rather than challenged, which is pretty different from a lot of other mediums. In a way, I, I want to put the biggest guilt on the people making the games because the, that's the person who actually decides mm -hmm, sure. what, what you put in the game. And what you put in the game right. also gives you a certain audience. Like, And when you, when you have an audience, games mm. have an audience. and. Mm. That audience mm -hmm. is on Steam, basically, nowadays, if you talk uh, computer games. And, like, you can't just change that simply by making one other game. Like, all mm -hmm. we can do right now is to nudge things, really, nudge in different ways. And, of course, you can do very different things, but if it doesn't click with the current audience, it's going to have a very hard time with the audience. <laughs> so I feel like we kind of, if, if we want another audience, we have to make other games also. And then that might change the thinking of... My feeling is that we already have a lot of games that are different. Yeah. But it feels like if there's a new, let's say there's a new... It's a new like Call of Duty game. I'm not going to go on Steam and write like a bad review, even though I uh, probably really disagree with everything in the new Call of Duty game. The games that we might need more games of is 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 kind of a it's kind of a vicious circle because these are the games that are like that all, that get all the hate. Yeah, yeah. I I I feel like I did it bad job of explaining exactly what I meant. Like, I, I even think that the games that are popular and the way they work 
they in some ways reinforce the thinking that becomes very problematic for us like uh, since so many for example mm -hmm. since so many games are kind of right. hateful then you get a hateful audience also which yeah is um, terrible. I agree. <laughs> uh, and it's a scary thing, but that's a responsibility you have as a uh, creator to to problematize those things. Yeah. So another thing I constantly see, so on the one hand I see or I hear, oh, this is not a game, so it doesn't have, and therefore it doesn't have the right to be on Steam, or therefore it doesn't have the right for my attention and so on. And the other thing I hear a lot is, oh, it's only a game. Right, so if there is, yeah, like Battlefield Hardline, which is about like militarized police, this is kind of a relevant topic. In the, in the if you listen to, if you watch the news, but then mm -hmm. how they frame it, oh, it's it's just entertainment, it's just a game, you know, it's not about this is not a game about politics. It's a it's a game about like feeling cool, uh, wearing guns, right? Like it's it's a game mm -hmm. about. You should feel empowered about having all this uh, sort of military gear and so on. And when you confront game developers with that, I think you will hear this all the time that you say, "Oh, this is—it's only a game. So what's the big deal? You know, it's not like we're actually making weapons." Um, which I think is kind of like a very cowardly answer to that question. I feel like uh, some of this hate that has come up now is kind of a fear for thinking. Like, uh, to say that a game about violence is only a game, it, that's a statement against thinking. And, like, a lot of the people that get into trouble are people who want us to have games that are uh, thoughtful and that make think about things. And... The, the people opposing this are people who are not ready to think about things. They don't want to yeah. analyze. Or they don't want to understand. They don't want the truth. They just want to right. stay away from it. Yet they say they fight for the truth. <laughs> yes. um, it's just sa <laughs> sad, I guess. Yeah. But I, can re I really think that that's uh, kind of one of the main struggles, like, uh, and that's not really outspoken, but uh, I feel like that's a, uh, a major divide in values, like if you value thinking or not. And that's also why the, the kind of discussions that come out of it don't lead very much anywhere, because if people who are not thinking deep about things, argue about stuff, they they won't mm -hmm. change their mind. So that, that's uh, right. really depressing. But but I I feel like one of the ways that this could change is uh, if everyone who is actually smart and think about things work in the same direction against uh, uh, or towards like diversity in all ways and kind of trying to 
make things about different things and try to really help out people who make things that are different. I, th I think that the community as a whole could change and it could be unacceptable, it could become unacceptable to be hateful. I mean, right now it feels we're really far away from that. Yes, <laughs> but you, I think you can still work uh, towards that. Like, I, I feel like what happens, what has happened now, is almost like could that ha have happened five years ago? It's almost like it's something that's been. It it can't just happen in any community. It has to be a certain extra bad mm -hmm. kind of community for this to happen. What do you think? It was better five years ago or worse? Uh, I, I almost feel like it was better because there wasn't as much hate. But I'm not sure. Uh, it's almost like the whole world is uh, becoming more aggressive. <laughs> All discussions become more aggressive. It, it's so weird. The, the, the whole notion of someone... Uh, getting into trouble because they try to come up with new ways to make to, or to design games. Uh, that's fucked up. The, the idea of someone becoming really angry at someone because they uh, are making games that are not games. And like spending time writing evil things on the image. Yeah, but but I mean, I believe that's just the same kind of thinking going on there, right? So if you if you are like a sexist or racist, and you have strong beliefs about how other people, like you know, what they should do and what they can do, and you know where where, where they, but yeah. if you believe you 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 have a right deciding other people's lives like based on uh, race or gender it's like the same line of thought for me yeah it right, is like, probably is, but it it just feels like the most silly ridiculous thing to get upset about i, I just feel like uh, for example sexism is it's so ingrained in uh, in culture, like you, you're really taught how to be sexist by society. I, I feel like the the level of close-mindedness seen from people when it comes to games is is such it's extraordinary. We like we as game makers together have dug a much smaller and narrower. Uh, kind of pit for ourselves to be in you know, other mediums. Like we 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 could have uh, established a much broader base by now if if we wanted to. For me, it feels like it is very broad. If you look at the games that are out there, and if you look at the diversity, I think there is a diversity in games, like both who are making games and. Like the sort of the games itself are diverse, but then the attention doesn't necessarily go there. 
right? Uh, the public uh, perception and the attention doesn't necessarily go there. The, the attention goes to the games where you kill people. Well, I think uh, diversity in both the makers and what we make is worse than basically anything else. Maybe. But I don't have any data. It's just, if you look at basically any company, it's just a bunch of guys, white guys. Isn't that true? I guess so. I guess in my head, I'm doing like a selective, I'm, I'm thinking about the games that I enjoy. Right and maybe and and, and right so I'm doing like a selective yeah, that, filter in my head, a... sort of thinking, thinking about okay, who made these games and then in my head I have this more diverse uh, set of creators. Well, but uh, also like uh, that's a th- sad thing about indie games, I think, because indie games are even less diverse than normal AAA mm, yeah. AAA teams. Right. In other ways, which is. Uh, I mean, that's a real shame, actually. I, I feel like it shouldn't be that way. Like, indie games should be more diverse than AAA. I think it's a, a similar problem. I think there are a lot of indie games from around the whole world, right? Like, the whole world is making indie games. It's just you don't hear about them. Because you hear about yeah. the games... For example, like I, I see a lot of games from oh. European indies because it's easy to like travel in the, within Europe. Um, it's easy to meet uh, these people. But um, you know, there's like other parts of the world where I've never even been to. Well, in that case, that's a problem too, right? I think they have a harder time to bubble up. I think I mean because you have like an advantage if you are in Europe or in the US. I think. Because it's easier to go to conferences, easier to go to festivals, like all these all these things that help you make your game visible. You have like a disadvantage if mm-hmm. you're in I don't know if you're on another continent. It's not Europe or not North America. I think you have to work harder to make your game visible. To like phrase it a bit more general, like yeah. But I also have a hard time thinking that there's like all these, uh, for example, women indie game developers that no one ever hears about. and Yeah, sure. And I, I think part of that is that they, that like a lot of women that want to make games maybe don't want to make exactly the kinds of games that are made right now. But if you don't want to make those games, you're, you're out. I mean, our, our first episode was about growing up with computers, right? So, sort of, there's a high chance if you work in games that you sort of had an interest in computers and our games really early on. And I think it's not a secret that many girls and women are sort of disencouraged by society to not pursue that path, right? That's true, but that, that doesn't explain why more women would want to work in triple A games than in indie games for example. Yeah, okay. Sure. I feel like indie games should be even more of, of a good place. As you say, like there are many triple A studios who have a much better diversity um than in indie games, so well I, I think since we're kind of moving backwards right now it's the game world is it feels like uh, things are getting worse now. 
I feel like every second right now where we're not like improving things is lost. Like we're losing really awesome games and we're destroying careers of uh, people who would have made mm -hmm. really great things just by being by not letting people make the things they actually want to make. I just feel like every second we're not like improving things and letting more people with great different kinds of ideas come in is a minute lost. Like it's really crucial for those people and for uh, just the future of games, especially future of not games and different kinds of experiences. It's really crucial that we let people make those experiences that they're applauded for it and not harassed.